0: Yeah. 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 Hey, I'm Sal. I'm Ethan. And I'm Ben. And welcome to Back Issues. This is the second episode. Um, we're here in scenic funny books, comics, and stuff in Lake Hiawatha, New Jersey. Information down in the description box below. You can find out more about this great comic book retailer. Um, Steve Conti, the creator, has been kind enough to let us kind of use it. Um, you may be familiar with the setting based on my show, uh, Sal Says What, which is filmed on location here as well. So, you know, we getting as much mileage as we can out of this. Beating a dead horse. So we grabbed another collected volume from my private collection. Gen thirteen. Gen thirteen. I know all of you are sighing. Just yeah. bear with us, or not. So no more than it. I am on the inside. Yeah. No, trust yeah. me. There, no one is a proud fan of Gen thirteen. Well, there might be people who have no idea what it is, like me. Like you, that's yeah. true. And Ben only has some familiarity with with uh, Gen thirteen. As yep. I don't remember a little bit. Um, so yeah, uh, what struck you about the book, and then we'll get into what it's about. Okay. Well, first I'll say I didn't actually read it. Um, no, of course. I've just leafed through it. Gen thirteen. All right. This was a uh, this was yep. an image book. I always associated it as Image, but actually it's been been longer uh, as a Wildstorm book. Okay, so Image is an amazing company because it's created by these artists who have never written anything except for the books that they drew. So, like, back in the day, Todd McFarlane drew Spider-Man, and, like, it pulled in a huge number of of readers, and people were just like, this is art that I've never seen before, and I want more of it. And they used, the artists used that uh, advantage to gain more creative control over the books they were writing so like McFarlane was like, you know what? I'm actually the reason people are reading Spider-Man. You know, it's not that the character is enduring and classic and right, you know right. interesting. It's, it's, it's that he, I'm drawing cool. him cool. Yeah. I was actually going to say the art in this book reminds me a lot of Marvel, especially the X-Men. Well, that's a good. It's actually an interesting point. You should bring that up because the artist, or rather the collection of artists of this book, because it's not just one artist. This is by the oh, way, there's volume. Four, there's four names on this book. Yes, yeah. and none of them write. So. <laughs> <What>? uh, <laughs> There's okay. actually one I've never seen a credit like this in, in this book. If you look, Jeff Marriott is dialogue credited for doing for chapter 2. <laughs> dialogue for chapter 2. Just chapter 2. Like I just uh, you can imagine that What about dialogue for chapter 1? There was there it was there, but it was Someone did it? Yeah, someone else did it. Uh, I mean, you know, some no name. That that's the bizarre. thing; they don't care. Image is like, well, whatever. It's all about the image. It's all about what we drew. Right. So, like, the founding fathers create all these awesome things, and uh, oh, they they use that experience to like leverage the bigger companies to like let them write. So ultimately, Marvel gave Todd and like a Spider-Man book. That's where. All the creators from Image kind of made their bones in writing and creating. I'm not going to lie. Todd McFarlane pops in my head and I I just think Spawn. Oh, yeah. Well, Todd McFarlane is is Spawn. I mean, like... You look at some of the graphics from those books and they are really detailed. Listen, uh, I I, I own the first 90 issues of Spawn, which is like the saddest thing to ever say. Um... (laughs) But, and I don't know why I'm not using it for insulation in the house because it's totally <laughs> worthless. But for this very, like, three year window of time, uh, those were worth a lot. Believe you me. Right. I, if I had a time machine, but I could make. to be worth even more. No, they will not. <laughs> Well, they not supposed to be. No, they might be worth more because everyone threw theirs away. Right. When everything became worthless. Yeah, so if you wait another, like, 20 years. Yeah. The image creators have really very little experience writing and telling a story. Um, so they break off from Marvel and DC and they create image. And they're like, let's make this shared universe. But the big key factor of image is that we all own our characters. Mm-hmm. So... If we don't like what's happening with our characters, we can take them and do something else with them. But let's also make our universe interconnected so everything hinges on each other. Yeah, that seems like the worst idea. Well, the first part of that idea was great. Like, yeah. I create a character and I own that character. Yeah. But then the fact that they all have to rely upon each other, Yeah, that, that part doesn't seems... follow. Oh, and it's going to be a huge And it problem. fell apart almost immediately. <laughs> because their shared universe, like, for example, well, there's, Spawn. No one run- there's no one running a ship. It's just. Like Spawn, for example, he gets killed by his friend and partner, who is another character from a book called Young Blood, which was created and drawn by Rob Liefeld. Who you may have heard that name before, because yeah. he's okay, good. Because <laughs> Rob Liefeld is fucking awful, and it's he's like he's like the internet comic book whipping boy. Like everyone loves to talk trash about Rob Liefeld. He's actually the guy who helped create Deadpool and oh. X Force and Cable and. Like all of those ancillary X-Men characters that are so popular today, Rob Liefeld helped create. Like he's, he is deserved of some credit. Okay. Um, but he, uh, so he created Chapel, and then Todd McFarlane and Rob Liefeld had a big fucking falling out, and so Rob Liefeld was like, I'm gonna take my own blood characters, and I'm gonna go, just like I can. Just right. legally, I have every president to do so. Take out my toys and I'm leaving. Yeah, and he did, literally, because Todd McFarlane then became a toy manufacturer and then he took his toys and he like left comics entirely. So yeah, like that was kind of the groundwork. Gen 13 is like the kid of that image world, because this is like the new guys coming in, like Jim Lee and Brandon Choi and J. Scott Campbell. Uh, all these guys are still working, and in fact, you may have heard some of their names only because, number one, 90s nostalgia at number two, actual talent. Um, Jim Lee helped, ru- helped draw the first volume of Gen 13. He is now the creative director of DC Comics. He drew fucking Batman Hush and a whole bunch of Superman books. Like, he's oh, drawing, he's, I think he draws Justice League right now. Um, I could literally go, this is what's so fun about this place, I could go over there and grab it. <laughs> actually, he drew this. <laughs> he draws uh, Superman Unchained by Scott Snyder uh, for the New 52. He's, that wasn't planned. No, it wasn't. But, like, he's really good, as you can, like, tell. Like, he like, he knows what he's doing. Um, I'll splash these in if I feel like oh, it. But, like, it's just... Awesome. Well, don't hog the art, man. No, he knows what he's doing, man. So, like, anyway, he comes in and he helps them kind of, like, draw it up. Um, and newcomer J. Scott Campbell also comes in. And he's the guy who, like, kind of tr- takes up most of the art in this book. Brandon Choi also does a lot of, like, when you notice that they look totally different... <laughs> There's right. Brandon Choi, and he does a really good job. He's actually the guy who, like, helped create these characters in the first book. He started it off. Like, if you look uh-huh. in the beginning of the book, uh-huh. that's Brandon Choi. Like, this stuff. Okay. Man, Jim Lee is really yeah, good it at definitely does look drawing people that want to smirk. Oh, he... Yeah. Batman's smirking, Superman's smirking, this chick meeting this weird alien monkey is smirking. That's probably Lois Lane, but yeah, nobody is happy in these books. This no, 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 like... I mean, there's, there are smiles on their face, but it's really... It's surprisingly detailed. Oh, like, yeah. you're getting a lot of emotion through these faces. It's yeah. a really nice job. Now Lee knows what he's doing when it comes to expression and and everything. Like he's he's the talented guy. He helped design uh, the MMO for DC. Like all the characters are drawn by him. Let me ask you this about the artist. Yes. Which one would you say is responsible for the female character's clothing being shredded? I think that would lady. be a joint effort. Okay, and I'll tell you it that seems like a common. But theme you know what? I would say. Look, if I had a chance, I would have voted for that. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's just, like, it's just bizarre, because oh. it's, like, any chance they can, shred it. It's almost like Image was formed as an excuse to draw almost naked women. Yeah, uh, well, On books. it's more like Gen 13 was created ah, as, okay. an, as an excuse right. to draw almost naked women. I was going to say, does, does uh, Image have any control with Witchblade? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, there we go, if you want to talk about yeah, revealing, yeah. revealing women. Oh, my God, yeah. No, Image, and the funny thing is, like, when I said that this was Image, kind of, when the new guys started publishing their books like Team Seven, uh, Wildcats, Gen Thirteen, mm-hmm. uh, eventually that like th- that was kind of like a core creative team. Like the other guys didn't really work on it, and eventually they broke off and created their own oh, label that was an offshoot of Image. It wasn't separate, but like a subsidiary of Image called Wildstorm. Okay. Um, and those was guys. Was it spelled with a Y? No. no, no. Okay. No, I'm amazed it wasn't. And I'm amazed that <laughs> Wildstorm didn't have blood somewhere in the title as well. Um, <laughs> blood, but, Wildstorm, awesome, cool. Wild blood Phase, storm. laser. Mondo. Uh... Yeah, didn't you describe before that like you really had to get past all these censors? Yeah. No, well, uh, in, in, and they obliterated in it. Here's at the this thing: point. well, it looks like that, but in <laughs> Marvel, Marvel and DC still adhered to what I referred to last episode as the comics code authority, right? Which was like a group of like moms and principals who were like, no, right. uh, maybe. Image said, nah fuck that. No comics code. No ratings. So Image didn't have any comics code, so they could show as much graphic violence, they could show sex, they could have them cursing, they could do whatever they wanted. Anything. Anything. And they were the number one selling books at the time, so they could have done anything, and it still would have sold like gangbusters. They were the number one selling at the time? Oh yeah, like books like Spawn and... uh... Wildcats and Youngblood and children. This was down. the '90s. This was the '90s. That right. makes sense. Yes, this was before everything collapsed. Right. Well, um, would you say they were like? Would you say they were like self-censoring, maybe, so that they didn't bring down the heat? Like I think they so. To push it beyond what they could do with DC and Marvel, but they still didn't want to go. like Yeah, I think I, honestly, I feel like they wanted. I think they left. I think they left the big two. I think they left Marvel and DC. Because they wanted to do what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But I think they still wanted to be respected. Okay. Let's even let's get into what this is actually. Yeah, about. what is what is happening in this? Because okay. right now we haven't even gotten into the story. No, I, don't even, I don't know what Let's anything do that about this. Let's do the it story. Story no for Gen 13. Okay. Gen 13 is a spin-off from a book called Team Seven, which I talked about earlier. Right. Um, covert bunch of badasses from like Vietnam. They were experimented on by a company because they're basically like like mercs. Okay. okay. And the com- for money. Yeah. And the company that they worked for um, was in like the genetic engineering business, and they wanted to kind of like have their own super team. And they're like, "Well, these guys are super badass and cool, and they can kill people with guns and shit. But what if they have powers like Wildcats do?" <laughs> so they experimented on them, and they made them into like superpowered guys who like had like psychic powers and shit. And they could like shoot energy and crap. Mm. Um, and most of them went crazy and killed themselves, and the other guys like went like off the grid and escaped from this company. Okay. Um, but all of them had children. And the children are Gen 13. I see. See, Team 7 was part of the Gen 12 project. Oh, so the children of Team 7 are Gen 13. Exactly. What's with all the numbers? Why is everything a number? Team 7, Gen 12, Gen 13? What... Because is, that, is that just a thing? At that it really time is just a thing. It's just a thing. I, I'm trying to think if it's there's anything really confusing. Yeah, well, I mean, it's going in sequence. Seven, twelve, thirteen. They skipped right. like eight through eleven. Yeah, right, we don't know. have to see them. No, yeah. who cares? Well, the... well, it, but there is a direct line from Team Seven. I think there is. No, I think. 12. no, I think Team Seven. Team Seven is just what they called themselves. Gen right. Twelve was what they were referred to as when they were experimented on. Okay. <clears throat> That's really weird. Yeah, but it's interesting because some of the guys who were on Team Seven wound up on Wildcats, like Grifter. Oh, okay. Yeah, and Grifter, if you don't know, he was like, if Gambit covered his whole face and had guns. Yeah, and he, he was the he was arguably the I coolest. I think they all have guns. I think. Oh yeah. Well, no, no, but like he had laser guns. Yeah, and know. Wildcats didn't. They didn't all have guns. Like one of them had like okay. blade hands. They were all just, Wildcats. Just a ripoff of X Men. Let's just right. let's just go there. Now well, you X-Men were saying didn't use guns, right? What's I don't that? Remember X Men ever using? Guns. Well, think of Cable. Or Bishop. Yeah, Cable and Bishop yeah, okay. actually both used guns, but that was because they were drawn and created by Rob Liefeld and Jim Lee, so oh, okay. image characters. Everyone who was in an Image had laser guns and huge weapons. This is just a, I don't a think staple I've, of I, Image. I don't think I've seen... A mutant or anyone in these books not have a laser gun? Yeah. No regular gun. Yeah, not Happen. Is that the like, police have guns? I is say? it? Yes. yes. Is that like because they couldn't do guns before no. and now they're just like <clears throat> guns everywhere? Oh uh, no no no! Marvel kind of did guns. I mean, like okay. Bishop shot up the place all the time. Domino was a big gun toter. Deadpool used guns and swords. Bullseye, yeah. bullseye. Uh, this yeah. this is just more like now we can draw the coolest gun. Right, like there's like it, I can have a gun with like twenty different modules coming off of it right. and little yeah. like blips and lights and, and it shoots a, for no reason. And it shoots a laser the size of like a cannonball. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a great image somewhere in here of this this girl with the green outfit and she's holding a gun. It's like the size of her torso. Oh, and it's, and it's like... like a pinup. Yeah, yeah. If you just flip it this way. Go find it. Yep, there it is. Now, the girl in the green is Caitlin Fairchild, who is the daughter of Alex Fairchild, who was part of Team 7. Fairchild is the leader of Gen 13, more or less. Um, She was originally. seems to be a lot in here. Oh, yeah. She's the the main character. Mm -hmm. Uh, She was uh, originally like a mild mannered super nerd who went to Princeton. And when she became gen-active, which is their way of saying, becoming a mutant. Right. um, But they couldn't say that. So these guys are gen-actives. And they're not superheroes, they're metahumans. And they're... um, Are they created? Yes. Right? Okay. Because they're part of the project. Right. Yeah, there's no naturally... Like, they were born with powers because their parents were, were... experimented on and given powers. But they weren't specifically made to have powers, right? Who, these characters? These people were born. uh, No, yeah, they didn't plan on them having kids and having those kids have powers. But once they found out that Team 7 had kids they were like, let's get them, and then bring them into the company, uh, and then use them to be our superhero team. Since Team 7 worked out so well, right. let's try it this way. <laughs> now, did they have they like, them when they're young. better powers than their parents? I'd like the yes, because I'd say yes, because well, like, absolutely, because number one, they're more stable, and number two, they mm. didn't kill themselves by going crazy from having them. Okay. So, yeah. Spoiler alert. Well, no, Team 7 did that. Uh, look, it's has yeah. uh, been... well, So you're saying they survive this book, the Gen, Gen 13, 13? they don't kill themselves at the end. That's correct. Okay. In fact, I think everyone survives Gen 13 in this book. Here's the one I was talking about with the giant gun. Oh, okay. Because you can really tell in this image yeah. that it's just like... It's impossible. It's that's impossible. not a gun. It would be heavier than her. Well, and she, well, actually, she's super powerful. Like, she's super strong, oh, so she would be able to carry okay. that. I mean, I love, like, all the details of this gun. Like, the gun is t- is taped to yeah. have extra shit. You can tell somebody watched Aliens recently mm-hmm. when Ripley fucking tapes the whole thing together. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a... The, I think it's an old war trick from... My guess would be World War II. Oh, I'm sure. And I'm sure Jim Cameron used it, I'm sure, but I'm sure these guys don't know that. I'm sure that they know that it was yeah. awesome in that movie they saw. Yeah, because yeah. everything in this book is awesome, like that movie they saw. Well, they saw it in uh, Die Hard 2. Yeah, when wow. you had fake <laughs> bullets and uh. then they switched out for the real bullets. Right, with the yeah. Now they, I mean, look, look at this. Who? These are just these are just security guards. Why do they look? <laughs> That's like That's not that? a security guard. They've got crazy helmets. This is one of my favorite and pages. And shit. One of my favorite panels in this book is when Caitlin Fairchild is uh, looking for the infirmary because they're trying to jumpstart their powers. They're trying to get them to, like, become Gen-Active, and it's and so, like... Well, so they know they're gonna become Gen-Active? They, they they theorize because they know who their parents are, that they're uh. gonna be Gen-Active, but they want to try and force them to do it. Oh, that. that's her with the nerd glasses? Yeah, this is before uh. she's all, like... Because it, she's actually shorter, and she's, like, thinner, and she I has, like, she's wimpier. Um, and then, like, they upped her dosage because they weren't sure she was gonna become Gen-Active. Her dosage of what? Uh, uh, of stuff that makes her become Gen-Active. So they were already talking... With the company, at this point, the the students, okay, the the students, the kids, the students, I think, are there. The students are recruited by the company under false pretenses. Like they tell Caitlin when she's at Princeton, they're like, "Hey, you've been accepted into this really prestigious like military contract," and she's like, "Oh, terrific! Like I'll go there." And then they started basic training, but what it was actually. Yeah, it's really weird. And, like, why would anyone do that? Especially yeah. if you have a full scholarship to Princeton and you're, like, a sophomore. Like, why would you... Uh, yeah, I think I'll go join the ROTC program <laughs> rather than fucking finish Princeton. Yeah. And I'm also, like, five foot four and I weigh, like, 100 pounds. I'm sure, I'm sure this military thing is going to be great for oh, me. Oh, yeah. Well, her dad is in the military, and so, okay. like, she wants to join it because she wants to get closer to her dad. She wants uh, to feel, like... Right. And maybe find out something about where he went, because all these kids... Number one, don't know where they came from. Number two, have no relationship with their parents. So they don't know that they have powers, they don't know that their parents are Team 7, and they don't know who their real parents are. How does that even work? You have to have a child and then birth it, and then when it's a, a tiny screaming baby, you don't just be like, well, peace. Well, maybe they killed themselves before. Yeah, most of them, them did, actually. They did peace yeah. out, yeah. Yeah, but then where? They're orphans. Yeah. Where? How did they get... They dropped... This is just... Well, this was the first issue. This was to get you to buy Uh, the book. Oh, okay. Get me to buy the book. Right? She gets sick, and so she goes to the infirmary, and that's when her powers activate. Okay. But look at this security guard. (laughs) Explain this fucking outfit to me. Because he's got, like, an armor... He's got armor on, but he has, like, a wetsuit underneath that. But he's a vest over the armor, and that vest has no fewer than two grenades. Two grenades... Uh, whatever those shells are. Yeah, those are shotgun shells. Three whatever, knives. Three knives. <laughs> uh, an arm cannon, a la the Predator. That's actually exactly the Predator cannon. I was yeah, just really watching is. Predator today, oh and that is exactly that. Oh, He's got hoses God. going into the mask, a full face mask. We don't see any of this. With an X on the front. So it's got to be some sort of gas that allows him to breathe. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe they're maybe they're tear gas. Is this made. set in the future? Where this old it in... look like that? No, or... this is nineties. Spectacular. Well they're 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 the company's security uh, guards. So at that company, that's just what security guards. He has shoulder, shoulder armor. The funny thing is like no one actually looks ride. like this one guy. Everyone else has uniform armor but this guy. And he's just like, hey, I'm the security guard. He's also got I'm a security lot. Guard X. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, Terry, would you please <laughs> stop? No! I bought all this armor myself! You have yeah. to let me wear it. You look like you raped me. I a can't get another job like this. <laughs> <laughs> like he's just some sort of pathetic larper yeah he's like no <laughs> he's like i'm gonna be the best security guard ever i'm gonna lift weights i'm gonna put guns and knives they're like sweet jesus jerry he looks like... just wants you to guard the corridor yeah he looks like he's been doing push-ups for like 30 minutes before this happened he's like oh good he also has a lot of pouches and that's another mm. signature item for a 90s character he's also beating the fuck out of these characters oh yeah he's just like no fuck you, boom well, it's supposed to make you hate him, so that when mm-hmm. she becomes Genactive, right now, and murders him. She. Knocks him right the fuck out. Right. So anger makes her gen-active. Well, it makes her Hulk out, and then from then on she's genactive. Like it does, it's not like oh, she it triggers had, it. Yeah, it just triggers the. Trigger There's a lot of crotch in these shots. Oh yeah, yeah. I felt, I, there are two crotch. There are three crotches in this yeah. one panel. They really like yeah. that angle. They do. They love this angle. One of and, those is man crotch. Do- <laughs> so I also sad. noticed that when she becomes gen-active, she no longer needs glasses. No, no, she much like Peter Parker. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean like spiders don't need glasses. In the Marvel universe, what they don't really tell you is everyone who has superpowers in the Marvel Universe has a healing factor. It means they can heal faster than mm. normal people. And I always interpret it as Peter Parker's healing factor as a result of being Spider-Man healed his vision. His, his, uh, so even his though our eyes can't actually repair at all. That's right. right. So, you know, if someone gets cut and their skin heals Mm -hmm. his heals faster that's right but where our eyes don't heal right Uh, where our eyes get worse his Fix themselves. Like I can, I can understand the whole spider sense. Because... Really, because that's actually the most vexing part of his powers. Well, is that he has an extra sense. He can, he can stick to walls like a spider. He has, he has the agility of a spider, and he has the strength of a spider, and he also has extrasensory perception when danger is foot. Well, well I always understood the the spider sense to be sort of like when a spider is about to get squished. Yeah. It just knows that it's coming. But that's also because you know it sees a giant yeah, thing coming really. towards it. Well, it's, I mean, it's, it's actually really easy to kill a spider. It's, it's not a, like a play. Fly. Well, not it's a radioactive, radioactive spider. Have right. you ever tried to kill a Radioactive spider? It would probably oh. fucking kill you. Well, or the radiation spider, not before a <laughs> it. Uh, I think it's play on a play on the fact that spiders have like eyes, like all around, all around them. Yeah. But, but he than, doesn't. No, he does not. So how, how does his work? I know how a spiders. Okay. DSP how does he works. become spider? The funny thing is how nobody. I, how does Spider-Man's work if he doesn't have eyes? The funny eyes. thing is nobody ever asked this question until like. years ago, and (laughs) J. Michael Straczynski, who took over Amazing Spider-Man during that period, he decided to try and answer that question by saying that there's a spider god, and that he will create a spider-man every generation. And so his powers are uh, the result of being the chosen spider-man of that generation. So, like, his powers are the result of the spider god imbuing his chosen person with the powers of the totemic god spider. What? Wait. So, the radioactive spider was a coincidence. Or was it? So, it was divine intervention. <laughs> spider divine intervention. <laughs> spider divine intervention that Peter Parker was bit by a radioactive spider which gave him spider powers. Or, and this is what. Yeah, like go ahead. I'm sorry, who is this person? <clears throat> like, he was the yeah, writer? Yeah, the uh, J- creator... Straczynski wrote it. Yeah, he also created Babylon 5. Okay. But he didn't It's not like he created Spider-Man. No. That was Stan no. Lee. Yeah, Stan Lee created Spider-Man. Yeah. So it's, this but, yeah. but this, this spider spider guy. lore is created by all the authors who follow. Yeah, Spider-Man you know, is created a, by yeah. hundreds of It's people. like the Bible is written by all different people, but you put it together and exactly it's one big truth. That's right. Like that. <laughs> So yeah, Gen 13 yeah. is uh, is garbage. Yeah. It, they also call it cheesecake. I call this actually that. What last, is yeah, you, yeah, you, you mentioned mention that, that last time. It's what they call it, I don't know. Who's why that? They call it, Who's because that? it's delicious, but it's bad for you? Maybe. I mean, like it, It's delectable. It's delectable. Very rich. Yeah, it's very rich and naughty. And when you've had too much, it's you just don't feel right. And you can have it on a stick? <laughs> the TNA in this book is I would say it's I would say it's offensive, and I wouldn't say yeah. that I'm offended because mm-hmm. I'm I'm not no. a chick. I don't care. Like I'm not right. Like I don't feel like I'm being objectified. Obviously, I mean there are like lots of topless men here, you know, as well with ripply muscles and stuff. Oh, they deliberately do that. I think yeah. uh, there's a character in there named Bliss, and she surrounds herself with Chippendale men. Yeah, because she has she works for the company, yeah. and she's so it's money equal opportunity objectification. I think so. I mean, it's flagrant. It's clearly biased. Yeah. Well, yeah. Leans towards men. Yeah. As pretty much all comics do. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're getting into Lacey waters there by saying that all comics kind of skew towards men, but not all. I would be lying if I said. I I think I would be disingenuous if I said that comics, for the most part, didn't skew male-centric. We've come a long way. Well, most of them are written by men, right? Yes. There are a fair. There. I will say there are a fair amount of female (laughs) creators out there who do a wonderful job. uh, And. I don't think that there are nearly enough. Yeah. That, well, and and for reasons that I won't get into because it's a hot button issue. Well, it's it's always been argued that men are the primary consumers of comic books. I right. think that's always it's been like the, a self fulfilling thing. And but, maybe not right. even men. Yeah. It's boys mostly, right? Or at least yeah. it used to be. It used to be boys, and, and now we, it's kind of skewed that way. Where it's like uh, middle age. That's probably more because movies. because comics were always kind of culturally assumed to be for boys just like video games were supposed to be for boys even mm-hmm. though we found fa- we find out with like the video game generation of people that like actually a lot of girls play video games because herpader fun is not ge- <laughs> gender, based specific. On gender. Yeah. yeah exactly but this comic is gender specific what's you got we also got uh we got roxanne spaulding aka freefall she's the one who smokes in the book she's got the pink hair uh-huh. Um, she is like what they think the '90s is. Mm. I really hate this turn the book sideways. This is a yeah, pain in the ass. Well, because yeah. there's a crease in it, and so I don't get all the art. Like yeah. if this well, was, you really have to pull it so apart big. for the image it is to be so insane. big, and they love that. And you yeah. also get the real creep factor when you're reading a book and then you suddenly go like this, yeah. and people around you are like, "What's he reading?" Well, especially, especially when pages that fold out. Right. That would be. Too but much. especially when. Not just this page, but like the other page, when it is Fairchild and she's yeah. like super titty and oh, you're yeah, like, what? Yeah. so it's like, yeah, it does actually look like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like turn it like, around, right. then actually we yeah. can show off. Yeah. Like, yeah. Someone sees that, they're like What are you reading? <laughs> I that certainly was a question that I got. <laughs> what are you reading? Why it's a comic book, it's okay. There's grunge. Who's the guy that you thought he had moss on his chest? Yeah, it looked like he had a <laughs> yeah, like some sort of like weird fungal growth. Yeah. Yeah. It's like actually like just tree. green wings. Yeah, he has tattoos and, all over. And like, there's a skull in the middle. Yeah, he's which got a I skull tattoo before. in the middle. He's got a yin yang on the back, mm-hmm. and uh, he has the power to absorb the properties of whatever he touches. So, like, he can like if he touched this, his arm would become metal. Oh, and if he like touches rocks, it becomes rocks. Okay. Um, he also has um been trained to know kung fu. Oh. Um he also he plays kind of like a surfer beach bum, kinda of like dimwit. In the Gen thirteen animated movie, Flea plays his voice. There is an animated movie? That's fantastic. Oh, there is. And it is nothing worth watching. Oh. I'm also going to say, I see he wears uh, bear slippers. He does love bear slippers. And that's, I mean, that makes me love him. Yeah. Just right there. He's super cool. I actually Jeez. feel like if you ever read this book back in the day, you would have loved Grunge. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I really mean, think so. There is Sarah Rainmaker. It, is her power to make rain? She ha- She's like Storm. Tell me she's not Native American. Oh, she is. Oh, oh god uh, damn it. Of course. She's also bi. Oh. There's Burnout, uh, Robert Lane, he uh, he's the Human Torch, <laughs> and uh, there's John Lynch, who's like Professor X, and John Lynch was a member of Team 7, he has, like, psychic powers. The other part of, like, the Team 7 power thing is that anyone who had psychic power, anyone from Team 7, if they use their powers, it, like, caused them debilitating pain. Oh. And it also caused them to maybe lose control of their powers and kill everybody. So they didn't really use their powers, right? and that's why Team 7 was kind of like written off. It's why they were like, oh, they killed themselves, but really, like, did we want them in the first place? <laughs> right, it's kind of better this way. So John Lynch is like, I just don't use my powers. And occasionally he does, and it's like, and that's the team. Okay. And and who's the bad guy? The bad guy of Gen 13 is... At least in this particular... is. Oh, and this is the company. Okay. The company's the bad guy, and it never got better than this. Uh, Like, the series went on, and they introduced new bad guys, but the bad guys were always stupid and irrelevant. You know, these people don't have enemies. They have a company that... That wants them to work for to control them. Yeah. Yeah. And And at the end of this story, the company still, like, is around. Mm. And so they basically go on the run. Okay. And so, like, Lynch takes the kids in and then, like, hides them. Mm. Alright, so the kids go on the run. Does the company then hire... Like super villains to go after them. Yes. Eventually, okay. the company creates their own. They get the rest of the kids from Team Seven. Wait, the rest of the kids? There are the other... ones who aren't in Gen Thirteen. The ones who weren't in Gen Thirteen. The ones yeah. who were. In, like, there's Gen... only like five of these. Yeah, but there were, but there were others. There were. Other... And so they more. get them. And those guys were DV8. Do not ask me what it stands for. I do not know. You so mean you DV8? Eight? Seven, eight, yeah. 12, 13. Yep. All well, numbers so far. All numbers in this series. D V eight are like and they're thankfully they're not like if Fairchild's super strong the other one like can take strength no it's not like that they all just have their own set of powers that they made up okay. for that team the other thing was Deviate. like everyone ended up was a sociopath such a joyless miserable book yeah, it was like reading DC awful. today it was just horrible <laughs> I really don't I'm ragging on DC but DC is so fucking miserable today like no one's happy everyone's pissed and I say that to, as a segue because Gen 13 okay Gen 13 spawns off from Image to become Wildstorm and DC Comics bought them and so Wildstorm was folded into the DC universe Hmm. so like they tried to reboot it by giving it to I think Gail Simone who was a female comics writer they gave the rebooted Jane 13 who's now part of DC Comics to her to write it and it was trash and no one gave a shit and even the nostalgia factor couldn't support it because it had a new continuity a totally new origin all the shit I'm telling you now was wiped clean and thrown away and then they redid it for DC and then they and then they Ended that, and they threw that away, and then they rebooted it for the New 52, and the only... And Grifter is in the New 52, and I think Voodoo is in the New 52, and that's all we've really seen. I think Fairchild is in it, too. I was going to say, did hope she's, like, the main one. She's the main one, and, like, I actually kind of thought it was cool that Fairchild was the leader of the team. Yeah. Then you have this, like, this female leader of the team... And her character, I mean, like, this, is, this may be a justification for enjoying a comic with, with boobs in it. But the character of Fairchild is this, like, really reluctant teenager who, like, doesn't, who's really insecure about herself. And, like, because, like, she was insecure about her body, but now she has a body that, like, I guess you could say is ideal by a certain subset of the culture. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't help her. It just makes her more insecure and more uncomfortable. Because now she's getting attention, but it's for something that she could never imagine. Mm -hmm. and so that and making her the team leader is kind of interesting because she's like I have no confidence in myself Mm -hmm. how am I going to lead this team of teenagers to do anything but like look at this this is just wish fulfillment it's like I want to draw mech suits so here they are yep Um, there's actually there's a funny moment where um, like the mech opens and like this chick is using it but there's this torso man who's also operating it oh my god so it it's takes hard. two people. Yeah, but it, but one of them has to have their midsection chopped off. Like, right. In order Wait, for it chopped? to work. Look, yeah. he has no fucking. He's got no body. He's got no legs. Oh, well, so unless that's a like, no. I think that's just a background. Oh. He's standing in the back. It took me twenty years. Yeah, I, I never, never noticed his, his legs though. No, they're probably just behind this this oh. thing. Yeah, because I mean, it it would really suck as a you kid. would be stuck yeah. in that suit as the rest a kid. Of your life. I really thought he was just like an amputee, an amputee guy, and they were like, you know but, what? It's really you know it's really unclear. From it the is very clear from the I will say, there are a lot of wires going to him, yeah, and it yeah. looks like he would be stuck in the suit. Yeah, it looks like yeah. he's just like, well, if I can't go to the bathroom or fuck, I guess I'll just be in this cool robot for the rest of my life. It's also right? a really yeah. awkward spot to hold her in the suit. Oh yeah. Well, that yeah. might be well, like lovely. It's maybe like a giant claw, right? Maybe it does got like psychological exams not, while she's in there. I mean, well, you well, don't I know how long they're in there. Maybe, that, maybe they're realistic. a couple. Like, maybe you, you know a harness that like supports you. It's true. It's, if you it, if you, maybe you go, maybe she can turn around inside the suit. Oh my god. Like he can flip upside down. Right. They can yeah robot fuck. Like yeah, but you'll notice like zip lines and shit. Like they have like they have a junk holder. So I mean, you know. Yeah. They never show us these again, so it d- they're called the Black Razors, by the way. The suit is? The, the, the team of mech guys. And they're just in these like couple panels in this one book. That's right. That's retarded. Well, what is the explanation for where they come from, or what they're doing here? John Lynch leads the Black Razors. John Lynch. <laughs> yep. Ah. Who works for the company. Yes. Leads the Black Razors. And was on Team 7, and now leads Gen 13. But the Black Razors are not part of. No, they have nothing to do with the company. Anything. They're like a. They're like a government team. So how does he run the Black Razors if they're not part of the company? What is it? They just don't have like any relation to him at all. On his Alpha hours, just he's decided... just like, well, I got to go to my other job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like Wolverine. He's on like eight different teams. <laughs> well, okay. Let me ask you this about the image in general. Okay. Um, what, if anything? besides a handful of characters, survived from the Image era? And, and more importantly, did their main goal of getting control of their own characters go anywhere? Okay. Image as a company is still like the third largest publisher. Oh, wow. Um, but they went from being like, let's do what Marvel does and DC does and have like a shared universe, all these characters, and went more into the realm of creators first. So okay. they were like, let's let, let's stick to our mission statement of creator's rights. You Mm -hmm. know, if you create something, you own it, and it's yours. But you shouldn't have to sell your creation to have a comic book. And so that's what Image does. Image is like a haven for independent creators. Okay. Image kind of paved the way for the whole comic book industry to be aware of creator's rights and respecting creator's ownership. Right. Okay. So their mission statement, I think, was a huge success. I think it actually, I think that Image matured and outgrew the creators entirely. Right. Um, some of these things still exist. I mean, like, but they are still—they didn't take over. They are still. The oh no. Third. Yes. Image never took over. Yeah. Image. Image was a flash in the pan yeah. as far as like longevity and popularity. So what? What people mostly still want is those characters from from the sixties. From the sixties. Yeah. Who aren't owned by anybody except the executives. That's right. Marvel. And yeah. People. Yeah. Go fig. Everyone still just wants to read about Batman. Yeah. And that's evidenced by every episode of Sales Says What I've ever made, because every Batman episode hits 50 views on the first day, and every other episode hits 15 views right. the first day, and then kind of just stays there. <laughs> so we're not going to get any viewers on this episode. No, we should probably, we should have probably talked about Nightfall. Yeah. I mean, like, if we wanted people to yeah. fucking well, read it. wasn't it. here, so... No. Volume 2 was Volume here, 2 man. was here. Wanted... And it's still like this fucking thick. Yeah. Uh, Nightfall we will one day we'll do na- we you, have you to do can do still tag it and that's t- <laughs> we said <laughs> the words it we said it Nightfall we Nightfall. just changed the name of the show to like Bat Show <laughs> so that's not misleading yeah. at all the Batman show Bat Issues yeah Bat Issues yes this would be Bat Issues Gen 13 <laughs> so oh actually I can tangentially link it to Batman oh yeah <laughs> they were gonna do a crossover with Gen 13 and Batman what and J. Scott Campbell who is a prolific Cover artist today. He used to draw every issue of Gen Thirteen, and he fucking knocked it out of the park. Like he is really fucking tight. this, with he did people. this. Like yeah, this, uh, this, uh, this is good. Like but, this well, he did. drew something in here, but he didn't do the whole thing. He did a lot of it. He did most okay. of it. But he, uh, but, yeah, he was, and he also helped create Gen Thirteen. Like okay. that's kind of his baby. Okay. But he drew a lot of the the ongoing series, and he kind of moved on into like a lot of like cover art. Like most of the great recent Spider-Man covers that are alternates like he did okay. um, he does a lot of cool stuff that I'll show you later but like I'll throw some up right now you can see some of the samplings of J. Scott Campbell's awesome art of today uh, but the um, that's not enough time you gotta give it like vamp no no I'm gonna cool. cut I don't play music oh yeah or he'll start it be- earlier exactly and, and I'll talk over talk it talk over it yeah I mean I've, I've got the power to do anything yeah you're not gonna, you're not gonna pause and then have silence <laughs> yeah for that and then I figured we could vamp yeah Mode of silence, kind well, of like. You know, vamp. Like, you know. I don't know what that means. It's, like it's turning into vampires? No. It's not vamp out. Oh, there's actually a term for turning into a vampire? <laughs> I imagine it's vamp out. You know, vamp out. <laughs> or <You know, laughs> vamp out? Anyway, vamping, vamping is buying time. Uh, I believe it used to be vaudevillian. Oh. oh. Well, could you do an example? Yeah, vamp. vamp. Let's say that, Let's, like, we yeah. need to kill some people. We, we need to buy time. That's vamping. Oh, okay. like entertaining the audience when the next set isn't ready to come on. No, like, I hey, do. here's a quick joke. Let me just. <laughs> <laughs> do 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 uh, yeah, that yeah. is a vaudevillian yeah. thing to do. Yeah, like, hey, how we doing, Johnny? Yeah. <laughs> Shit, I'll delay the spoons. Well, it's like uh, it's like uh, when Ashley Simpson didn't. didn't <laughs> oh my god! Playing, and she it was, just went and then ran away. Yeah. What a tool. That was vamping. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that was vamping the fuck out of there. Yeah, she sure did. Um, so J. Scott Campbell actually stopped drawing Gen 13, in the ongoing series, for a little while to draw the Gen 13 Batman crossover. Well, he drew it. Well, he started to draw it. <laughs> and then DC went, you know what? You I'm what? thinking no. That sounds actually pretty fucking stupid. Yeah. So let's not do <laughs> but that. But not before Gen 13 <laughs> crossed over with Spider-Man, The Max, uh, I think the X-Men, uh, Wildcats. Like, they crossed over with a lot of people. Okay. And it was all dumb. Now... <laughs> this was well, Image at the time, or was it only yeah, DC? Why would... Oh, it was Image. Yeah, why DC would they didn't cross it over with it? Marvel? Was Marvel just like we got to get some of that image? Like, I, I guess if, yeah. if you are suddenly the Flash in the pan, yeah, you know, they people, want yeah. some of that grease. People team up. Okay. I mean, like, so you know, DC. I don't even know the story of it. I, I, I have, I've, I actually did a lot of research on it because I wanted to. I'm like, how much is there? Because like, there are a lot of great, like, unproduced comic stories. Like, mm-hmm. um, DC and Marvel in like the 80s were going to do a big Justice League. Um, Avengers crossover, and so they got like then artist, then huge artist George Perez, who's still pretty like big now. He drew Crisis and shit. Like, but they were like, let's do Avengers meets the uh, Justice League. So it's like Batman versus Captain America and shit. And like George, and they, and uh, I think Kurt Busiek wrote it, and George Perez drew it, and he drew like twelve pages of this book. And then, and then Marvel and DC were like, Nah, you know what? Fuck both of you. <laughs> like they couldn't agree on shit. They were like, who wins? God damn it. Man. And they were like, who cares? And Wait, they, were... they hadn't decided that before they started drawing it? I, I think they had decided and then like Marvel got the script and went, Looks good to me and they went to D C and he's like, this script does not look good to me. Mm. And so like George Perez drew like and then they're like, Hey, it's over, stop. He goes, like, well, but I drew all these pages. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, sorry. Well, you might as well burn them. Yeah. But I've he didn't. Never he, seen the light of day. Yeah, but he did he did not burn them. And people had been talking about him for like twenty five years. They were like, Oh, this is awesome. And like pages now because of the internet, they're out. And they really were kind of cool. Eventually, Marvel and DC did get their act together. And they did do a JLA Avengers crossover. And it was super cool, kind of. <laughs> it was really dense. It was like four issues, but like... And I imagine a lot happens. Because well, the, there's so many freaking characters. That that's you the thing, play. is that you have all these characters, but you also have like, you want to do quiet moments too. Mm. And George Perez is really detailed, and he draws like very small, tight panels. Mm. So, And with all that color and all those little details it was, like, you're just, like, freaking out. Um, was there a lot of text? Nah, I mean, like, it, it was a fair amount. But I wasn't... would think that, like, there's so much shit that these people have to say to each oh, other. yeah, and it didn't overshadow it, though. Like, and the premise is awesome, um, but, yeah, it, but it just gets more, it just it just gets, like, the first issue, you're like, oh, shit. The second issue, you're like, cool. And then the third issue, you're like, whoa. And then the fourth issue is just, like, everything. Because the Avengers is, like, a rotating roster. Everyone's been an Avenger. Mm-hmm. So... And when they said, when they were writing Avengers JLA, oh, every Avenger's going to be in this book. Um from ever. You mean 600 characters are going <laughs> to be in this book? Yes. So, it, I read it in college. I had nightmares from this book. Because I was like, I had, I, I, had, I had one nightmare. I woke up What My nightmare was, I went to a comic book store, I picked up a book, I opened it up, and it was JLA Avengers. And it was just like, all these little panels with a million characters and, uh, and everything was going to happen. It was basically uh, Where's Waldo of comics. Yeah, and I'm like, ugh! And every comic was J.L.A. <laughs> <laughs> Avengers. And I'm like, ugh! And like, oh my god. It was horrible. to wonder what it would be if it was all different stories. Yeah, it was all different stories. It was like, oh, Pandora's going to be different. Uh! And it just looked all like that. <laughs> I've since read it again, and it's st- it's really, really cool. And especially if you love old comics. like It's so fun. And it's, like, so unapologetic about how cool it is. Mm. I feel like I really didn't give the credit that Gen 13 needed. Like, I feel like I really didn't get into the nitty-gritty of the book and the characters. But I think that's actually kind of fitting for the book, (laughs) because it's so superficial and so stupid that really, like anything else would have been more interesting to talk about than Gen 13. And indeed it was. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, we I, we, I think we have an episode out of this, yeah. and we barely scratched the surface of Gen 13, which is really as deep as it probably gets. The beauty of that book is skin deep. It's the art. It's not the text. No. It's not the interaction between the characters. Maybe oh, the dialogue in Chapter 2. I, I did want to mention one thing oh, yeah, from the it. book. There's a great line in here, which as soon as I read it, just was like a flashback. Yeah, you saw this, you saw this line, you went... I've never seen anyone say that in 20 years. Yeah, literally. Uh, where is it? It should right. be, right, it should be right. right here. Right here. This is a chick. This, this is a, the a boobalicious chick on a weight machine of yeah. some kind. This is working out. It's probably a Bowflex. It looks kind of like a Bowflex, yeah. And she says, you know, Daddy would have been so proud. Not. And, yeah, That's literally actually... have not heard anyone say that. This is like... You know what's funny? That she says it again. It. She says it again later. But there's another <laughs> that, page that... That, that puts it within like a like four or five year oh, yeah. time span. Yep. That it just could not exist absolutely. No. I'm sure that if you if a teenager were reading this then, they'd have been like, how fucking stupid. <laughs> like they wouldn't have been like, they talk like me! Yeah, no. Um there is a line in this book that I absolutely adore. And it's when he gets shot. It's when Grunge gets shot. And Oh yeah, he, we're talking about the pain. No, he absorbs the fucking... He absorbs the bullets through his chest because he can absorb the properties of what he touches. Okay, there he is. Here we go. a bullet. And he says, I just spit the bullets out, and they're still warm. Gnarly! (laughs) And then Roxy says, Grunge baby, that's just so Mondo rad. (laughs) And I love that look on her face because she's like, whoa! Like, her mind is blown, and the only thing she can think of to say is, like, four fucking 90s (laughs) things. Baby, Mondo, rad. And using so to accentuate what? So Mondo Rad. So Mondo Rad. Not just Mondo Rad. The funny thing is, Bliss also says not. She does the not thing again. Again. It's like her catchphrase. Yeah. Not. Not. (laughs) This book's great. Not. I also love that they have to say, oh my god, instead of Oh oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. Do you think that these security guards are drawn like this because there's no, like, Easily discernible villains in this book, like I just don't see them. No, but, but I do see these guys. So if I was just thumbing through, it'd be like, oh, they're the bad guys. That's because probably they're red exactly and they look right. Like evil. I think it's. I think it's. If they were just dudes, I'd be like, I don't understand. Where's the super villains in here? Because there's none. Yeah. No. I think they're drawn like that. I think in part. I think it's part of the Doom generation. I think it's like, mm, you know, yeah. they, they look like space they look marines. Like space marines. Yeah. I know that they refer like the characters <clears throat> sarcastically called them stormtroopers. Ah. Uh, so I think it's a. There's a Star Wars influence there. Right um yeah well that does it for gen 13 it sure which does which we barely point, talked about yeah. um ooh, let's really quick uh ben here has seen the gen 13 animated movie oh yeah yeah thoughts on that real quick uh don't just don't
1: i can attest it's... to that
0: i i i bought it on uh, ebay during my like when ebay was like kind of new mm-hmm. i was in college and i'm like ooh, i can just buy all kinds of shit and i bought that cuz i read gen 13 i'm like ooh i wonder how that movie came out cuz the movie was made and it was actually bought by disney and like disney was like what the fuck is this <laughs> and then they fucking shelved it and they were like don't release this and then they released it in europe and then somebody fucking taped it off tv and made it into a dvd and... now i wonder who i got the dvd from of gen 13 well it'd be me i bought it and then i watched it and i went nah and then i i lent it to you yeah like, oh that was not lending you had to check you gave that to me well, I cuz then i said this is awful, I tried to hand it back to you, you uh, said, you can keep yeah, it. Yeah, hang on to it. Well, now you. it's yours. Yeah, well, that's yours, you have it. You no, I don't. Don't the touch it owns it. It's like the ring, like, you fucking watched it. <laughs> yeah. So thanks for infecting me with that. You should have said it was great, so then you could give it to me. And right? I'd take it and be like, like hey, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll watch that. You know, we really didn't, we didn't really talk about Gen 13 too much in the episode. You should watch this movie. It'll get yeah. you really into We'd be it. like, well, I know we trashed the book, but the movie is actually not bad. And you would have watched the whole thing waiting for it to get yeah. good. You'd be like, like, when does, when does, get does it get good? What the hell was he talking about? <laughs> and then <laughs> the last 30 seconds. Yep. And by the way, the nope. animation in the, mo- in the movie, it's nothing compared to the comics. The comics are beautiful. The animation yeah. in the movie well, they is They probably spent good like shit. $3 on it. It's really cheap. They did. I do love the voice acting. They got E.G. Daly, who played like Phil and Lil from Rugrats, to play Roxy, oh. and she fucking owns it. Like that's something that I would cast her in today, if I were ever to think that a <laughs> Gen thirteen developed property would be a good idea. So anyway, that DVD. Yeah, let's not fucking talk about that movie anymore. No, yeah, what a pile it's of shit. And... Yeah, it's terrible. Don't. You know what? It. You can get it on YouTube. I think it's on YouTube, and if not, you can watch it on like other video streaming channels. If it's not on YouTube, sue this guy. I want to thank everybody for watching, and of course uh, click the like button, subscribe to the channel, and uh, check the information down below to learn more about Funnyrama.com, Funny Books Comics and stuff, here in Lake Hiawatha, New Jersey. I am Sal. I'm Ethan. And I'm Ben. And thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. Right there? Those are Daisy yeah, Dukes. And his crotch. I love this look on her face. Like, oh, my clothes! <laughs> what happened? You get ready. Get used to this. I'm sorry, you're in Gen 13. It you're it's gonna happen a lot. Oh, that's her oh, fucking drawing. That character. Look at that outfit. Oh, the back right there. Just this whole... <laughs> back. Yeah, holy baby shit. baby got. Yeah, no basically. kidding. Like, why did he note that back? This is the back. This <laughs> isn't her front. She doesn't have this, a front ass. This baby has the back ass. <laughs> like don't want anyone to be confused. Ass on her back. It's don't not a, worry. Isn't the two asses one? Of I know the front I drew the back first. <gasps> two asses. Oh, okay. That's gonna be my next character. <laughs> I was gonna say this before. I didn't. Um, this reminds me of the Calvin and Hobbes comic oh. where he draws. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, this is what he was looking at, isn't yep, it? Like yep, yep. Image, some image book. Well, it's funny because that, that actually came out around the same time as Image's like Revival. So, yeah, he probably yeah. was like, he just picked just grab- up a book. I'm going to go to a comic book store and grab this. Oh, yep. I'm right, there. are <laughs> yep, dumb. It's bullshit. Yep. I only need to look at one. Yeah. From this year. Yeah. It's very much that bad. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just the image of like a character like <gasps> yeah, being, and, like his back, his back like, his being his spine, blown out and there's like shreds coming yeah. out like there's almost an exact image yep. like, of that and it has very much there. it is very frank miller dialogue in that comic. yeah i felt my spine shatter it hurt a lot <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah, yeah. and yeah. the chick's got a huge gun yep and she's got a huge rack too but, a huge, it's, yeah. but it's held behind like yeah. you know a wetsuit yeah essentially yeah. yep